You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, Australian Podcast Ranker has some new podcasts in its ranks. Podcast Rake in the Cash, Spotify's Voice in Your Head, Podcasters Get Multilingual, we got Podcast 3.0, and Insights into Podcasting Summit Season. Okie dokie, Stocks. Here we are for another week of Behind the Podcast. How are you feeling, mate? I'm feeling great. I am rushing to get out the door yeah. um, for this week because uh-huh. heading overseas next week to go do some cool podcast-related festival stuff. Awesome. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit, bit about these festivals? Yeah, going to Podcast Movement. It is full po- podcast festival or conference season, which we'll get into in this episode. But yeah. I'm going to Podcast Movements, which is in Las Vegas for three days and nights. Terrific. Should be interesting. And then heading straight to Austin to go to South by Southwest. And have you set up some clear rules and guidelines about, you know, how long you're going to be sitting inside talks and conferences and things versus getting a bit of recreational time or is this purely business? I don't like Vegas, so I don't give give a crap about that. It's going to be more um, interest, I think. How long can we sustain interest? Um, As soon as that's gone, I'm gone. Um, Austin will be a little bit more diverse. There'll be more options. There might be very good music festival going on at the same time. So... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, we look forward to the recap when you're back. Yes. Uh, and what we'll be doing, just to let everyone know, is I'm going with our head of production, Zanon Murphy. So we'll do a couple postcards from those two festivals. Awesome. And then I'm going to go on holiday. And then I believe for a couple of episodes, it'll be you and Mandy doing yeah. this. And also throw in there a new baby for me somewhere along the line. So, you know, we're looking at sort of end of March, early early April. We'll see where little Billy Batstone arrives. What could go wrong? Yeah, totally. <laughs> if we suddenly go offline, I think this is, this is the heads up. This is why it's happening. Well, this is our last dance, you and me, for a while. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. At least four weeks. All right. So well, let's enjoy each other's let's, company. Let's hold hands and let's yep. make the most of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's kick off. Um Bit of news from Australia. Kick off with the Australian podcast ranker. So announced yesterday is some significant podcasts that we've talked about a bit here. The Squiz, Shameless Media and the ABC are all set to join the Australian podcast ranker. This is big news. Look, Squiz is a favourite of mine. Um, Shameless as well. We've done an interview with with both of those shows. And 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 absolute powerhouse for millennial women in particular. And ABC is the ABC. And so the Australian podcast ranker, I mean, what does this mean for everyone? What are the benefits? Well, look, they've sort of been battling around. It's set up by the radio networks. Mm -hmm. And so I guess if you're an independent podcaster, you've always feared this day that's going to get enough scale. And it feels like they're getting enough scale because you've had Mamma Mia come on last week. Now you've got these three very big podcasts networks. So the Squiz is independent, Shameless Media is independent, ABC is government-owned. But you're talking about some very, very big publishers or important publishers coming on board. So this really gives the scale to the podcast ranker that it may actually need and the legitimacy. Now there's some caveats. It's audio only um, and it's very much radio-based. So if you're doing stuff on YouTube, that's not going to come through. Uh, things like Acast, um, probably the big holdout right now yeah. uh, as a non-radio station podcast platform network, uh, not on there. So if they fall, I think that's it. That's going to be pretty close to being 
we're going to have a ranker that's going to be fairly Pretty accurate. close to accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting times. I mean, the YouTube sort of exclusion there is interesting. Um, and will that sort of affect you know, real listens given the size of YouTube and, and you know, video and, and all those sorts of things we've discussed? Definitely, definitely. But it's still kinks that are being ironed out, but it's a step in, I guess, the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, I think, overall good for the Australian podcast world. I've never, never been a big fan of the ranker. We've we had it as part of our previous agreement with Nova that we'd be on there, but we were going to pull out um, now that we've moved off Nova. But look, if this is going to go to this scale, we'll probably stick around. Yeah. Speaking of scale, news that we all like to hear in the in the podcast industry. Um, according to Sam Buckingham Jones from Australian Financial Review, the AFR podcasts now make eighty two point five million in ads, but he reckons it could be doubled. This is for the calendar year of twenty twenty two. Yeah, so it's uh, it's saying that podcast advertising is accounting currently for about forty five percent of online audio advertising market. What else, what else is in there then? Music and radio streaming. Yeah, so they account for about 138.7 million, which is quite a bit. Yeah, but I guess his overall take from Sam was that podcast listening has gone from niche to mass. 40% of all Australians listen to it. And when you get to half the population, that gives you real scale. And it's the highest in the world. So we're topping the states. Australia, always better than America. I think we all know that. I think that's pretty much accepted Mm -hmm. uh, knowledge there. But yeah, really exciting to hear. And amazing that our little country has just grabbed onto podcasts with such fervor. So good news for people out there who are trying to make a buck. I mean, there's obviously a lot of different sort of uh, stories going on around at the moment about, you know, budgets being slashed, this and that that's happening within the podcast uh, world. But certainly um, these figures are very, very uh, exciting and, and show that there's a lot more to come and a lot more money to be made certainly from ad revenue let's go and thanks to jimmy for that little heads up as well all right this is one that uh has had some discussion in our whatsapp group this week and this is uh i should let you lead on this this ai dj yeah absolutely well as you just kind of alluded to their stock spotify is debuting a new ai dj that's going to operate right in your pocket so essentially you know i think it's going to be primarily for music at the moment but imagine it being something like uh forward announcing and back announcing tracks and and giving you a little commentary around songs and things like that but it's all completely you know done through an ai generated voice strange something to get your head around a bit but the reason i thought this was quite interesting is if you bring this over into the podcast place we always talk about discovery you know that's a big kind of thing and and one of the key methods of discovery is listening to recommendations from your friend that sort of social influence and hey i listen to this and you know i I would recommend it seems to have a lot more cut through than just trying to trawl through the the catalogs of of spotify or apple or whatever your platform is to try and find something new now ai you know, is not a friend necessarily. I like um, AI. It could be a friend for many, but essentially what I'm just wondering is, is this going to kind of, is it the voice as much as anything? Someone just telling you, hey, this is pretty good. And, and based on other things that you've listened to, I think you might like this. Does that have more cut through than just sort of going down a list and, you know, looking at a pack shot and deciding if you're just going to take a swing on some random title? Yeah, I hate this. I hate everything about the voice. <laughs> I don't need another voice in my head, as I've discussed with you. I have enough already. Yeah. And last thing I need is another Siri telling me, now you should listen to this other Spotify podcast that we make, and it's Spotify exclusive. 
So that's me being full black hat on here. Yep, yep. But yeah, I just I just find the world of voice commands and AI voice is not appealing to me, but you like to have someone telling you, hey, Jules, why don't you check out this one? Absolutely. I'm really, really excited about this. And obviously, you know, if you're listening to us, maybe you're a fan of our voices. Maybe that's enough for Spotify to license our voices to be used as those recommendations. Who knows? I'm just putting that out there into the ether. We'll see if it gets picked up. Oh, I like that. So, so what is it you like about the the voice? I think it is just the discovery element. Like if you think about ChatGPT and all these kind of things, the way that they're able to scour everything from the uh, from the internet with their large language models and then synthesize it into something, you know, in seemingly real time. The same would be said of this. I would imagine, you know, with all the things that we've discussed, you know, about them sort of using AI technology to transcribe shows, to do all of these different things, it means that it's going to be able to go straight through and find keywords, other things like other things in scripts and 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 podcast, you know, transcripts that they can catalog and put together and form a recommendation based on other things that you've been listening to. So I'm just stoked to see how this is going to. Hmm. eventuate and, and what the recommendations are going to be like and surely like you know it's going to come up with some weird things for sure but it's going to come up with some absolute crackers too i would imagine i think just getting you know through the vast amount of content out there and something that, that it thinks might actually resonate with you is really cool i really like what you're saying i like everything about it except the voice except the yeah, voice i love the ai recommendations i love all of this beautiful and applying what they're doing with the dj over to being a podcast dj curator for you i just don't want the voice just, so maybe just present it to me as you're presenting it now with some recommendations i'll be happy like tiktok yep. you've got the stuff i follow and then you've got stuff recommended for me and let me toggle between the two Call me old school, as in 2022. <laughs> old school, sure. I don't want to be. I don't want to be walking Phoenix in her, and that's what it feels like. Yeah, that's you know to me. And well, we've got a couple of product options there for you, Spotify. So feel free to jump on those, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing this roll out. Well, I do at least. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping with the trend of AI, I mean, this is going to become more and more prevalent. It's going to be the AI of everything over the next few years. This is another big one by YouTube. So what they've done is launched a multi-language audio feature for dubbing videos. Um, So this has been previously tested by Mr. Beast advertising in Australia. But I find this really interesting because again you know it's got applications to podcasting given the size of of youtube in the podcasting world now if we've got our little you know humble show here that's being released in in english in australian english then this can be dubbed across you know a magnitude of whatever countries there are whatever languages there are around the world and suddenly our reach goes from you know primarily australia we've got a few outliers there outside of australia but we can be everywhere so i just think this is really really amazing and i think one thing that's kind of interesting as well cast aside you know video podcasting but if it is just straight audio you don't have those funny things that sometimes happen when you're watching a show that's been dubbed on netflix where the voice is just really off from the the face going it can sometimes be a bit distracting I generally just opt to read the subtitles and listen to the native language rather than do that because I find it way too off-putting. But if you're just hearing a voice you know, generated through AI, it, it just opens up a global audience essentially for any sort of local creators. Should we pick a niche language market and go for it? I think we should give it a crack. I mean, the big question is what kind of a voice do you want to represent you? I'm easy. And will this AI be able to take the voice of us and use that to you know, create the... Uh the actual Kimber translated, the, yeah, yeah, the translated audio. There's a lot of interesting things to come out of this. All um, right, let's have a look at this. I, I think this is incredible tech. Um, I'm really keen to see what it will be. But yeah, voice I'd go for. 
I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, someone with a, a good voice, not like mine, and uh, maybe a bit more timber, a bit, a bit more depth. Yeah. Or maybe go, look, let's let's go Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I quite like the idea of a uh, an Australian accent just just butchering another language. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Or give me Sam Burgess. Give me like a nor- Northern England real, oh, you know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, mangle another language. Let's go. Okay, I've got an interesting one for you. Mm-hmm. It's a crypto bro uh, related and Web 3.0, like things we kind of hate but kind of love. Yep. So the hosts of the popular crypto podcast and newsletter Bankless have raising $35 million venture capital to invest in seed stage Web3 companies. This is according to Coindesk. So they're branching out, the boys at Bankless are branching out beyond their media roots and to invest in these emerging Web3 startups. Pretty interesting. So the show's host is a guy, David Hoffman, and Ryan Sean Adams, the triple hyphenate, I love it. Or <laughs> Sorry, the double hyphenate. Um, they're going to be partners in the fund and basically comprise with another guy, Ben Lakoff, the fund's investment committee. So the fund was planned as a separate legal entity to Bankless, but it's going to lean on the brand and the clout of what is one of the better known content platforms in crypto media. This is really interesting and this is I'm, I'm fascinated by this and I think this is something the Equity Mates boys should be looking at quite seriously. I know they've thought about it, but yeah. this, this is right up their alley. So one venture capital source no name given, said the combo of the platform and the investing arm would mean incredible deal flow for any VC, for the fund. And it's it's a, the latest example of crypto media striking out into the venture capital world. Look, their podcast's only been around since 2020. Uh, it's built this big presence across newsletters, YouTube, and, um, and a DAO, which if you're a crypto bro, you'll understand what it is. I'm not even going to try to do it here. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, uh, they've got a token, they've got all this stuff going on. What do you reckon? This is really interesting for sure. Um, I think that the the crypto world took a bit of a kind of hit, obviously, over the last year or so. The crypto winter? The yeah. crypto winter is upon us, yeah. So it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, the appetite for this, certainly in, in venture capital world. I mean, you know, off the back of all the Sam Bankman-Fried stuff and, and mm. that huge... Oh, explosion, I suppose. Yeah, I guess there's two parts of this. There's crypto, so it'll be run through crypto, but it's actually a Web3 project. So Web3 projects, it's kind of got these things to not going into the minutiae of a DAO, but they do have a very much similar to an IPO format. Mm-hmm. And unlike with the traditional IPO on the stock exchange, you're going out to all the brokers and you're doing a press release and you're going out through the AFR and whoever else and the Australian and all this other sort of financial media. Gosh, you might talk about it wherever you go. These guys need to, to get your DAO up. You need to actually have some sort of someone spruiking it and promoting it and yep. doing a Wolf of Wall Street type of thing and, yep. and making sure that people actually subscribe to your DAO or it's worth nothing or to your project and your Web3 project is worth nothing. So it does seem like a perfect marriage. These guys would have been spruiking stuff that's coming up and talking investment advice of things that are launched. So it makes sense that they've been good at their job yeah. and they've built an audience that actually trusts and is loyal to them that that's quite an easy thing to translate to go, hey, we've got these other things we're going. And I imagine they get so many people from their audience with great and maybe not so great ideas that they can harvest. Yeah. So it feels like a, just a natural thing. If they're one of the top platforms, it feels like just a natural progression to sourcing A, new ideas, but B, 
come to me and we'll promote the shit out of it. We'll leverage yeah. what we've got. So we'll invest in your thing, but maybe we'll invest at a smaller level for bigger equity Yeah, and because we're bringing this brand to the table and this audience to the table. It, it's a fascinating, I mean, it's a media play, but it's a very modern media play. Yeah, totally. It's podcasting and it's Web3. It's all the things we like. Yeah. Wrapped up in a neat little package. Yeah. Unless the metaverse is dead and then this is a complete waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but time will tell. Hold on to some of that money. <laughs> Okay, so as we said, it's it's podcast conference summit season. Um, the Hot Pod Summit was on in Brooklyn, um, Feb 23. That was through The Verge. Yeah, so some interesting stuff went on there. So look, the general vibe, according to a Hollywood reporter, is that in various, which is a great source of sort of confidential information and sort of, well, it, here's an example. Insights, in various so. conversations with studio executives and creators, a common refrain with the difficulties on turning profit on podcasting alone. Even our old mates at Spotify We've obviously had all their layoffs and musical shares. They're re-evaluating their spending after pouring more than one billion into licensing deals and acquisitions in the past year, few years. That was a general vibe. Um, they're sort of repackaging audio content and seeking out, I guess, derivatives like film, TV adaptions. Is sort of seems to be the key to making big money, according to a lot of these executives. Um, but they're sort of starting to go, uh, how are we going with the ad dollars? It feels like the ad market's weakening in the US. And yeah, that, that was just a sort of the general takeaway. A couple other things that came up was, is a podcast an audiobook? Like, where's the line? Yeah. At what point do you put ads into audiobooks? Um, at what point is a narrative podcast actually an audiobook? And yeah, so sort of trying to talk their way around that. There's some other headlines and snippets was the YouTube official announcement, the podcasts are coming to YouTube Music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've talked about this in a few shows now, just the, the Google search you know, results for podcasts and that Google playing uh, feature is, has been almost decommissioned now, if not completely, and they're just going all in on YouTube. So that shouldn't be too much of a surprise to anyone, but just, yeah, great to see it finally announced officially. Yeah. And then I guess the other big question that sort of came up on one of the panels was, can narrative podcasts make money? It is a good question. And look, to be honest, I don't know if they can necessarily in podcast form. So while I say that, I mean, you know, the the big sort of uh, exceptions, of, like there've been a bunch of shows that have come out. Some have been completely fictional. Some have been, you know, based loosely on on true events or or so. Like a homecoming is a fictional example. Yep. that became a TV show. And That's then right. A, like a Doctor Death or something a, like that that was, came through Wondery. Was like a journalism story from the LA Times that then became a went to became Wondery and then became yeah a show a on Netflix show. starring Australia's own Eric Banner. And then you know homecoming was through Gimlet and that got picked up by Amazon and and turned into a show with Julie Roberts. So some huge names there. The actual, just in isolation as a podcast, you know, can they work? I don't know. I mean, I don't listen to too many fictional ones. And I know there's been a few that have come across that have been, that we've sort of, you know, even touted as this golden age of podcasting. Maybe, you know, they're getting really good talent to voice over these things. Mm. I just don't know if they've actually been that successful or if that many people have tuned in. Yeah. Look, one you got me into quite early was Atlanta Monster. Yeah. I don't know how that made money. Didn't have a bunch of ads in it. 
It's brilliant content. Yeah, I'm not sure if what the monetization model was for that. And the cost to produce them obviously is quite hard. I mean, the, uh, Osborne said that 250 grand is the floor to make a truly good narrative, engaging content. So I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and if you think back to what we talked about a couple episodes ago with Malcolm Gladwell's Pushkin Industries mm. and how they were laying people off, I mean, that feels like that's narrative podcasting. Totally. Uh, 250 grand to make, and I imagine it's this US dollars to yeah. make a podcast. That's a lot of cheddar. Absolutely. We did the Inside the Tribe one for a fifth of that. Yeah. And look, at that price, we didn't really have to worry too much about making our money back. Obviously, we wanted to and yeah. we want to and we will. But at that price point, you don't have to worry as much. At 250 grand. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, I mean, and you can't, and that's your business model. It's a tough one. Yep. There'll be definitely people asking questions about, you know, are we going to see some of that money come back into the business and, and what are we going to get as a return? So, yeah. Or yeah. well, how long can you do this for? So it's a very interesting space. Look, I'm off to podcast movement. We'll see what the people are talking about there and report back on that. Look forward to it. And now, look, each week we're going to be trying to talk about a podcast that's Moving the needle out there or one that we recommend? Yeah, in our voices, not AI, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will do it in our voices, I think. Stocks, that's For this one, we will. Okay. <laughs> Mandy's smiling already. So what, what's the podcast this week? Okay, we have got one called The Coldest Case in Laramie. So this is big. This has got severe podcast bona fides. Uh, Kim Baker, a, a Pulitzer Prize winning investigator and reporter for the New York Times, is uh, looking into an unsolved murder that actually took place uh, in a high, while she was in high school in, in Laramie, Wyoming, in the States. So this was almost 40 years ago. Um, what she's doing is going back and, and confronting stories from all witnesses, everyone involved in the account, um, anything that's been told and just interrogating these. And it was kicked off by um, an unexpected development. So one of the police officers... Um, in the case was accused in the murder. So that's a bit of a twist. Yeah, the protectors have become the hunters or however you like to phrase that, but certainly a little bit of spice there. And, and you know, given recent climates around, you know, the police and everything, I think, I'm think i sure this will be a sort of hot topic issue and, and something, you know, whilst it did happen 40 years ago, I think some of those themes will resonate for sure today. It'll play well with New York Times audiences and... It is made by Serial, which was acquired by the New York Times. That's right. So that's the bona fides are through the roof. I guess one thing to note here as well, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago with the TV shows we're making and there's this with documentaries and there's this sweet spot which is basically 1980 mm-hmm. through to 2012 with 2012 being when social media really took off. Yeah. So if you can do it before 2012, you can get these stories that everyone's – not necessarily across. Yeah. But if you go before 1980, we thought the sweet spot was that's when people are actually aren't dead. Yeah, that's right. And you a lose. lot of the key protagonists aren't around yeah. or they can't remember or there's no footage or whatever it may be. So this seems to be hitting the sweet spot of, say, if it is exactly 40 years, this happened in 1983, so you've still got all the protagonists around. You're getting a bit of justice potentially being served to someone and open this whole kettle of... And look, Kim Barker actually lived this. So this is her you know, revisiting something that was very prominent in her youth. So, I mean, it's going to make for a really interesting narration. So it's ticking a lot of boxes. It's a Pulitzer Prize award-winning journalist. Mm -hmm. It's someone who actually lived it, so it's personal. It's got the cloud of New York Times behind it, so it will find an audience. And then it's serial, so this is a serial podcast, if ever there was one. God damn, this has got... If this doesn't go big, then it's a crap. Con- it's crap content. <laughs> uh, 
How about that for a recommendation? Well, look, I think all of those features will sell itself, so we'll see how this one goes and if it climbs up the charts. It'll be fascinating. Alrighty, so that's us for the week, and that's us together for a little while, hey? Man, miss your face already. Absolutely. And yeah, as always, thanks to Mandy and thanks to Ruby for getting out there on the socials. Yep. And thanks for all our contributors as well. 